Hey everybody, welcome to The Shallow Dive. I'm Megan. I'm Chessie. And we're back again for another episode this week. I wanted to ask Chessie, how was your trip to New Mexico? Um, Yeah, it was good. I just got back last night at like one in the morning, so good times yeah. with that. Feeling kind of rushed today. Well, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it happens. It does, it does. Did you see anything exciting or do anything? Yeah, so my husband had to go for a work conference, so I just tagged along, which is always fun because then like during the day I can kind of do my own thing and then at night we hang out. Um, um, so let's see if I have any stories. Um, I got a really bad massage. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm a licensed massage therapist, and that's actually how I met Chessie. And so that always stresses me out. So yeah. tell me tell me about this nightmare. Okay. So actually, it was my own fault. Like, <laughs> I got a massage at a mall because oh, apparently well. <laughs> I, like, I like to take risks. Sure, sure. I was like, this is going to be my risky thing for the day. Absolutely. But okay, honestly, like, sometimes when I'm shopping I like to go to like those little massage kiosks and get a foot massage because you know I got tired feet that's right so I went there because I had been shopping like all day and the guy was like oh do you want a full body massage instead it's only like 20 more dollars I was like yes I would like that I was like, just don't do my face or head because right. I yeah, I don't want to mess that up. No. So the lady that gave me the massage was very nice, but it was just, it was crazy. She like, she beat the shit out of me, okay? <laughs> like, Wait a second. So you're in the mall. Was it like you had, it was fully clothed and they had you in a kiosk, yes. like in the middle? Okay. Well, it was actually like its own store. So oh, I guess it, it wasn't like a kiosk. But yes, I was fully clothed, but she did pretty much full body. She focused focused on the feet which was okay but normally like when I get a foot massage I fall asleep because that's my favorite thing no there was no freaking sleeping in this she like hit me like she hit me (laughs) like pounded you out like fist pumping yes I was like my foot bones are never gonna be the oh same oh my god so then she turned me over and like did my back that was also very rough like I'm pretty sure she like knocked the wind out of me at one point <laughs> I was like I can't breathe <laughs> and there was also a man getting a chair massage like one foot from me and he was moaning oh. like it was it was very scary That's the whole my thing least favorite thing is like can we refrain from the noises like we don't need the sound effects no we don't <sighs> Gross. so there was that so <laughs> not refreshing at all um, did you feel panicked the rest of the day oh I felt yes while she was doing it I was panicking <laughs> the rest of the day I was like I just had a very weird experience <laughs> Yes. So that was a fun um, time in, on vacation. Right. I, I did do some fun things, though. I went to the top of a mountain, so that was cool. It was very cold. It was like 30 degrees. There was lots of snow, and I was not dressed appropriately because I thought New Mexico was going to be warm. Right. I didn't know anything about it having snow and such because yeah. I, well, number one, I hardly ever leave Indiana, sadly, so I don't know much about climate elsewhere, but I assumed that was a warm place, like most yeah. of the time. Yeah. So did I. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> Once I reached the peak of the mountain, yes. I was freezing. Yes. Damn. Um, but it was really, really beautiful. So that was good. And then we also saw petroglyphs, which are pictures on rocks that were put there for, like forever ago by Native Americans. So that was really pretty and oh, interesting. I bet. I bet. That sounds awesome. That's. It's just like you don't see like beautiful things like that in Indiana. Like, no. Mm-mm. No. 
No, I can't I like, think of much here that would uh, be comparable to that at all. No. That's why I like to travel. So I'm like reminded that not every place on, in the world is flat right. and filled with like corn. <laughs> right. Yeah. And sadness. Yeah, exactly. I would say my favorite thing that I did, because we were in Albuquerque for most of the time, but we took a day trip to Santa Fe. And there was this amazing place there called Meow Wolf. And I'm so obsessed with it. Like, I've been thinking about it since we went. It's like a giant interactive art installation. Oh, wow. But it has a narrative to it. So it's like, it tells the story of this family that the grandpa, like, was an inventor. So it kind of, like, goes into, like, he was messing with like the multiverse and there's like portals and I don't know weird so cool weird confusing things but like you go through this and all of the rooms are different and like crazy that's where I took that picture of me in front of the triangle thing yes I love that picture I'll show you more pictures later too because like the whole place was amazing like there's a lot of like neon lights so it's kind of like trippy but I can't I can't even describe it like I'm doing a very poor job of describing it because it was it was really cool but I want to live there well I want to go (laughs) and I I think I'm going to photoshop myself into that photo with you and then put it yes. on a t-shirt because I love that picture and it looks so cool. I love art and to see it elsewhere is um, yes. a little refreshing, I feel like. It was amazing. Like, okay, so the setting of part of it was like a house, but it was really crazy because you would like open the refrigerator door and you could crawl through it into like another dimension. That's insane. Yeah, the whole thing was really, really cool. I love that. I want to see yeah. it now. I think we're going to have to put that on our uh, list of travel spots. We'll have to hey, go. Hey, I'm down. Because you know me, I've not flown on a plane since I was 11 years old that was like early 90s so or pre 9-11 so I don't know shit about shit <laughs> so, yeah we need we need to get you somewhere yeah I need to do a, a quick trip somewhere so that I can acclimate to the process in general because I have friends that my friend Sam is from Texas and she flies back and forth a lot she went to college here so she stayed here but you know it's nothing for her to navigate an airport and she's a lot younger than me and I'm like I feel like I should know how to do that and I don't know shit I really don't and I'm it's not that I don't want to inconvenience myself to learn it's that I don't want to inconvenience everyone around me in an airport if I'm an idiot standing in the way or not like that would cause me to have a lot of anxiety so I think if I went with a seasoned traveler and they're like here's how you pack here's where you need to be here's what this means like so you can get through TSA so that you can get through different things I think that it would be very fun and um hopefully our friendship would survive that little jaunt because you may want to I'm sure it would no (laughs) no it'd be fine I would try to I would I'd try to scream internally only (laughs) yeah and keep my panic to a minimum so yeah that sounds like fun um yeah yeah we'll go somewhere yes Yes. well the only thing (laughs) that happened to me I told you earlier but I will tell everyone listening my husband drove this shitty car for years and it had like missing hubcaps one of the doors wouldn't open it was this orange Chevy Aveo so it looked like a little roller skate oh god and a while back he got a different car he got a nicer car newer car and uh four days later someone backed into it at our our casino here in Evansville and uh you know she paid for it of course she stayed and she gave the information whatever and then last night I sent him out to run an errand and he calls me not 10 minutes later and he's like I have no luck in this car and I'm like that car could not have broken down like it's it's so new what the hell he's like a deer ran into me because in Indy Indiana, and I'm sure other places, but it's pretty common for a fucking idiot deer to run into the side of your car. So he drives this poor thing home, and if it's a Saturday night, so we can't even call anyone. But the fact that I'm stuck with my family with one car is such a first world problem. <laughs> You're like, I need out. I need out. <laughs> I want away from. It's like I would have no problem. We would 
take one car anyway, but now that we're stuck with one car, Mm -hmm. I want to strangle everyone that lives in this house. Mm -hmm. And now they have left in my car because I have sent them away. So So that's all that really happened here this weekend. But other than that, it's been pretty good. (laughs) Well, I hope next week is better for you. I hope so too. And I hope our state farm agent answers the phone first thing Monday because we need to get that ball rolling so I can see their asses on their way. That's right. All right. I think we should get started with uh, what we picked for our topics this week. Do you want to kind of explain what we went with this week? Yeah. Um, So actually, I was at work and one of the girls that I work with, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. uh, (laughs) um, She was like, you should do local like Indiana legends. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. But I think most people who listen to this know I'm actually not from Indiana. I'm from Michigan. So I'm going to do Michigan legends today. Yes. And so you're going to go first on that. And so I picked up some of the Indiana legends since that was a suggestion but I do have some honorable mentions and I think that I can expand on some in another episode because there turns out there's a lot so Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be cool if we did it from where we're from I'm from here from Indiana and Chessie's from Michigan like she said so this is going to be pretty interesting yeah I actually had quite a time like researching and doing notes for this episode because there's so many different legends in Michigan that it was hard for me to pick which ones I wanted to talk about because there's a lot and they're all really interesting I think Michigan is a very unique state and it's a very beautiful state just with like the kind of unusual geography how there's an upper and lower peninsula but yes I I do love Michigan so a lot of these legends I already knew about and I'm gonna talk about my favorite one first my favorite legend from Michigan is the Michigan Dogman. so Michigan has its own werewolf the Dogman legend goes all the way back to 1887 the Dogman was first seen in Wexford County Michigan and that is in the northwestern part of the lower peninsula. So a group of lumberjacks were out in the woods and they saw a strange creature. They said that the creature had the head of a wolf but the body of a man and it I know. I know. (laughs) I already hate it, but I love it. (laughs) So this creature was down on all fours and it started running when it noticed the lumberjacks. So the lumberjacks ran after it because they're crazy. Right. And yeah. um, But they might have had axes. So like. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, I don't know if they did because the creature hid in a log and one of the lumberjacks (laughs) picked up a stick and started poking at it. Like, why? No. You no. idiots. Of course it was a bunch of men. No offense to men out there. Right. But like, my well, ass is a, not a little offense. A little a offense little to offense. some men. Because like, yeah. hey, let's poke something that may or may not bite or scratch or kill us. Right. Or be a literal werewolf, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> The creature jumped out of the log and it stood up on two feet Mm-mm. and made like a really scary, weird, like inhuman shriek nope. and it freaked <laughs> the lumberjacks out at this point, which I would have been scared when I saw a creature with the head of a wolf in the body of a man. Yeah, that's probably like, where I would have pieced out. Like I'd yeah. been like, you guys, um, I'm actually going to hit the truck, so I'm going to go get it running and if you guys want to follow, cool, but I'm out. Like no fucking way, man. Right. So at this point, yeah, the lumberjacks ran away, of course. <laughs> yeah. After the lumberjacks reported this sighting many more sightings began to trickle in throughout their area and also the upper peninsula so it wasn't just them who had seen this creature crazy in the 1930s a man named robert forney saw the dog man while fishing in the muskegon river a pack of wild dogs came out of the woods and robert fired his gun to scare them away they all ran away except one and that one stood up on two legs so this is kind of a common theme of it like being on 
on all fours and then standing up. So he said it looked like a large black dog, but it had piercing blue eyes. Robert fired his gun and the creature finally left. And then Robert later reported that he felt like the dog man was like literally staring at him versus just like looking at him. Right. He was like making eye contact with him. Like more intelligent than than an animal versus human situation. Right. Exactly. And Robert actually like he reported that and then he stuck with that story until like the day he died. So he swears that he saw something. Gross. I know. So there's actually a lot of different reports of the dog man. Like when I was doing research on this, there's just pages and pages of incidences where people have seen it. I wanted to show you a couple pictures that eyewitnesses have drawn. So I'm going to go ahead and send you one. Give me one second here. So I kind of want your reaction on this. So this is drawn by an actual eyewitness. Okay. And don't worry, we'll post this on our Facebook. Oh my God. Um, it looks like a Pokemon with big pepperoni nipples. Like, Like, why did they draw nipples? Okay, this picture is literally drawn in what I assume is MS Paint. Has to be. It's like a purple. Oh, God, it makes me laugh. It's a purple background, and then it's drawn in black. But, yeah, it doesn't look like anything scary. It looks like a weird wolf, I guess, with, like, one squinty eye and one open eye. And then, yeah, like you said, pepperoni nipples. Like you just told somebody they weren't allowed in somewhere, and they gave you this stink eye. Like, this is my quality of art, so I appreciate this because because this is the type of shit that I would draw. So, uh, yeah, that'll definitely go up on our social media after this is aired because, holy shit, a masterpiece. Yes, it really is. Okay, I have one more picture for you. So this one is drawn in pencil. (laughs) Wait, I gotta zoom in. Hang on. Oh my god. Can you describe this to the listeners? Yeah, well maybe. Okay, so it's drawn in pencil and it's like a drawing of a road and this thing is crossing the road and there's a little arrow that says this way. So it was crossing the road. And it looks like a pickle on skis. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like someone drew it, kind of a fuzzy ghost pickle. And it says body fuzzy slender this way with arrows, legs dog and then what's the bottom say i can't I even don't read it know. and it just says like could not distinguish something something it's like scribbles i friend on legs i f- it looks like a pickle on skis let's try to oh so that's the one on the social media as well you that will is not funny. miss out holy shit I, I thought it looked like cousin it with really long yes. feet yes in clown <laughs> yes. shoes like cousin it takes a walk why did cousin it cross the road and it's like this way obviously mm-hmm on your clown shoes oh god i love this artistry is next level like it's the best yeah i want this in a frame for my desk for sure yes i just i had to include that i was afraid you were gonna send me something really scary so i was like leaning away from my phone like oh god (laughs) (laughs) these two derps of (laughs) drawings oh my god that's so funny okay so to continue on um a lot of people see the dog man while driving so they'll be driving down the road late at night 
usually in rural areas. That is a hard word too. Rural. rural. It's like Heather brewery. <laughs> brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they'll be driving down the road and they'll see something like at the, the side of the road and it'll come out into the road. So like their headlights will catch it and then it'll usually run away. A lot of people say that it takes really long strides so it can like jump across the entire road in like one stride. Ew. I don't know. Like something about that really creeps me out. I really do have a fear of driving at night and something coming out into the road. We were kind of just talking about deer, how they creep me out because yes. of that. They're unpredictable. And so if something large, especially something that can do major damage or hurt you, like a dog man thing, like that's yeah. terrifying. When I was growing up, for some of the time I lived with my grandma and she lived like out in the country. So you would take a paved road, but then you would have to turn on a dirt road. Right. But even the paved road was scary because there were like tall cornfields on either side. I always like pictured something like coming out of the cornfields and coming into the road like this like plays into my fears but yeah so lots of road incidences in 1987 a dj from traverse city named steve cook he aired a song that he had written about the dog man and he called the song the legend um he intended the song just to be a fun prank because he played it for the first time on april 1st but to his surprise people were like obsessed with this song (laughs) and they they would call and request it all the time and through this he said he had over 500 people reach out to him and tell their experiences of seeing the dog man Oh, wow. Yeah, he was surprised because he meant it just to be like a fun little urban legend song. But, but people, instead... it, it like resonated with them. So they were exactly. like, holy shit, you want to hear my story? And there were so many people. Oh, my God. Kind of my favorite part about this legend and like how I actually found out about it. Um, there's a fun little hoax associated with this. So in 2007, a film was sent to Steve Cook and he's the DJ that made the song. So he said the person person that sent it to him had bought an old box of junk at an estate sale and this film was in it so it was an eight millimeter reel so it was old right and there was no information on it except there was a label that said gable case that was on the film canister so the film is now known as the gable film the film was supposedly shot in the 1970s and like you can watch it on youtube but it definitely has like a grainy like authentic look to it like it really yeah so in the beginning it just looks like a normal home video um you see people riding snowmobiles chopping wood walking their dog riding in a truck so michigan things typical michigan typical michigan riding the snowmobiles and like everything is of the period of like 1970 okay so you see them like driving down the road and the person's holding the camera and you like see something on the side of the road that just looks like a creature on all fours so it kind of like cuts away real quick and then there's like a lot of like blur cam like you know Mm -hmm. shaking and then the camera like steadies out again and you see this this creature and the person filming has like gotten out of their truck and they're standing in the woods with this creature and it's far away but it's standing on all fours and then all of a sudden the creature runs towards the cameraman so it like charges towards him and attacks and so you see like the camera just fall down and you see a big shot of like teeth 
Oh like, my god. Yeah. But this creature that charges at the camera is like legit creepy. Like it oh. doesn't look like someone in a costume. It doesn't look like a normal wolf. It doesn't look like a bear. A lot of people speculated that it was a bear attack, like a le- legitimate bear attack. But other people said there's no way that a bear moved like that. Right. So this film actually caused a huge uproar on the internet because it looked so real and plausible. It was featured on a lot of websites and even TV shows. And then in 2010, the show Monster Quest aired an episode about the dog man and it heavily investigated the Gable film. I used to love the show Monster Quest, by the way. It's I don't not think on... I've even heard of it, but I bet oh, I would have really liked it. Yeah, it's not on air anymore, but it was really good. I think it was on like the History Channel or something right. like that. But Monster Quest ended up revealing that a man named Mike Agrusa had made the film and he made the film as an homage to the song The Legend by Steve Cook. Oh. Because he said when the song came out in 1987, everyone was like shook because they were afraid of the dog man. They were afraid to go in the woods. And he said the summer of 1987 was so much fun because everyone was talking about the dog man. So he wanted to. So he wanted to recreate that hysteria. So he made the film with the help of his family. He used a vintage camera and the vehicles and snowmobiles were actually from the 1970s. And it was actually him in a suit that was the creature but the suit he used is called a ghillie suit and mm-hmm. I guess it's like for hunters yes. to use they're terrifying like they anyone in a ghillie suit looks like a, <laughs> the cross between like a potted plant the swamp yes, man is like you look like. like a fucking psychopath but it's so terrifying like yeah so he said like when he saw the film he was surprised by how real it looked like of him yeah. in this ghillie suit with like the 1970s grainy film it looked like a creature so yeah I recommend everyone go watch that film because even though it is a hoax it's still really well made and it's creepy it's a piece of art regardless like it does it I don't know that it compares to these stick figures that you sent no. me on the drawings uh, these artist renderings <laughs> I mean nothing can no but I appreciate that at least they found out that it wasn't real because there will always be that feeling of like speculation could that have been someone actually got hurt and now their camera ended up at an auction which is one right. of the creepiest tropes that I've heard I, I hate yeah. that like I found this roll of film or this you know old reel-to-reel stuff it's scary like that's terrifying and just reading comments on like YouTube videos and while I was looking this stuff up there are people out there who still believe that that film is legit and that Monster Quest just said that it was fake to like cover it up (laughs) right well you know some people are so diehard in their beliefs that there's just no room to educate or say you know that's not it's like cling to your cling to your art lady that's okay yeah (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, it's just interesting looking into these things because it's not just Michigan that has a lot of sites of these like upright canines. There's a lot throughout the Midwest. Like Wisconsin has a lot of reports too, but theirs is called the Dog Man. Theirs is called the Beast of Bray Road. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of like speculation that they're the same like Like breed of creature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously there has to be more of them. And if you think about any animal that's unidentified or possibly unidentified like I'm willing to believe that we have not discovered everything on this earth because the funds the manpower the you know I know there's a lot of investigators out there that are looking for new things in certain parts of the country but or even in the world you just simply cannot identify everything I don't think right so that's why I think this leads into people thinking there's a Sasquatch or thinking there's a dog man or a whatever the case may be it's just we simply don't know on that monster quest episode that I was watching a lot of the people like 
like they had them take polygraphs <laughs> to see if they were telling the truth about seeing these creatures or whatever right and everyone passed the polygraphs which i mean we all know that lie detector tests aren't Are science right, right. yeah but it can also show that those people believed that that's what they were seeing. So whether it was like a case of misidentification, like, oh, maybe it was a bear or just a regular wolf, like those people believe that they were seeing the dog man. They, they believe it. That's what's interesting. You know, I guess you have to take them for what it's worth. So my next legend that I have is about a little dwarf. <laughs> God, <laughs> bear word, with me. I'm dwarf. You. Put it, put, put it, it in the dictionary. Put it in the dictionary. Put it in our information. <laughs> Yeah, called the Nain Rouge, which is French for red dwarf. <laughs> I'm going to be saying the word dwarf a lot. Dwarf. Okay. dwarf. <laughs> okay, this takes place in Detroit. So it's interesting because it's an actual urban legend. Okay. Most of the time, like ghost stories and stuff like that take place more out in the country, not in big cities. So... I find that interesting about yeah, this. the population alone and that type of thing. It's quite interesting. Right. So in 1701 in Quebec, there was a party being thrown for a man named Antoine de la Mothe Cadillac. I have no <laughs> idea if I said that right, but I'm here we go. I'm into it. Yeah, so this man is the founder of Detroit, so you would think I would know how to say it, but I don't. This is a really stupid question, and I don't know. Why do I feel like I'm not going to know the answer? And if you don't, (laughs) we're going to pretend like we did. His last name was Cadillac. Are Cadillacs Mm -hmm. produced in Michigan? I mean, yeah. Are they? Sure, yeah. Yeah. They make cars in Michigan, right? Yeah, I'm sure at least at one point. All right, so that's what I'm going with is. Yeah. I'm like mumbling to myself. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. So, Antoine, that's just what I'm going to call him. Tony. Just (laughs) Tony. First name. Yeah. So, there was a party being thrown for him, and a fortune teller came to this party, and she was reading palms. So, she read Antoine's palm, and she told him that he was going to start a great city. So, Cadillac was very interested in this, so he urged her to tell him more, and she said that his city would be the scene of strife and bloodshed, but it would reach a height of prosperity that he couldn't even imagine so he asked her if his children would inherit great fortune from him okay and the fortune teller said your future and theirs lies in your own hands beware of undue ambition it will mar all your plans appease the nain rouge beware of offending him oh shit okay <laughs> so he was probably like what the fuck is the nain rouge <laughs> right what the, what does that mean so he really didn't think anything of this years later after After he founded Detroit, he and his wife were taking a walk when a grotesque dwarf-like figure came onto their path. Mm -mm. Cadillac hit it with his cane and told it to get away. Shoot! Yeah. (laughs) It's like, get out of here, you little monster. Sprayed it with some water. Just get out of here. (laughs) So the dwarf took off running, just laughing, running away. What if he hit a kid? What if he hit like a mischievous, ugly kid with his cane and the kids like and just leaves oh my god (laughs) yeah that's that's true but according to the legend this is when cadillac offended the nain rouge as yeah i bet so um yes so after that his luck took a really bad turn every 
everything that he was involved with failed and he lost all his money and his children inherited nothing from him. So he shouldn't have hit him with the cane. Mm -mm. No. Should not. Bad move, my dude. So now the Nain Rouge is kind of considered a harbinger of doom. So this really reminds me of like the Mothman, if you know anything about that in Point Pleasant, Virginia. Yes. The Mothman is seen to warn people that something bad is going to happen. So that's kind of what happens with the Nain Rouge in Detroit. July 30th of 1763, he was spotted near the Detroit River. The next day, Chief Pontiac killed over 60 men during the Battle of Bloody Run in Detroit. 40 years later, in the spring of 1805, people saw him walking through the streets of Detroit. On June 11th of that year, a fire burned down most of the town, and that fire is very infamous. Someone saw the dwarf before the riots in 1967. In 1976, two utility workers saw him climbing up a utility pole, so they tried to get him down. (laughs) Wait. I just, I just see a little dude scurrying. No, up I know, I know, pool. like a little red, like portly man. Yeah, like that's a little what fat I leprechaun like, is what I yeah, think. Because I don't think well, of like a dwarf, like the the appropriate term for a little person. Or, no, or I think of like no. a, a mystical creature. Ex- exactly. Right. No offense to anyone that's a little person. We're talking right. like we're talking cryptids. Like we're talking. Right. So we're little, talking like little fairies. Yeah. Like a little cartoon devil is what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's scurrying that's up pretty much what he is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Or maybe we just offended him. Well, I got oh, shit. Hope not. Listen, oh, if that shit. deer slamming into my husband's car wasn't the harbinger of bad news lately, yeah. like, fuck. Okay. My bad, dog. <laughs> yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yes. They saw the utility worker saw him. And then after that, Detroit was hit with one of the worst ice storms the city had ever seen. But 1976 was the last time that anyone has ever seen the Nain Rouge, which That's maybe odd. he just decided to peace out. I know. Because, you know, like you said before, before the the song that that guy wrote brought in like 500 people saying we saw this thing we saw this mm-hmm. thing and it's over sometime you know and then for it to just stop is very odd it is especially because bad things have happened in Detroit since then right and nobody's piped up and said hey I saw this thing so right for the last 10 years every year on the first Sunday after the first day of spring Detroit holds a parade called the March du Nain Rouge is that today that is, actually I think it is because Wait, holy shit. Because wasn't, didn't spring start this week and this would be the Sunday after? Yeah, so it's probably today, which is honestly weird. That is weird. (laughs) Is that a sign? Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We should go to Detroit right now. Right now. But they hold a parade that's meant to banish the Nain Rouge. Oh. So maybe that's why people haven't seen him. Got I don't it. know. Got it. But many people like dress up in costumes. So they dress up like him and there are elaborate floats. Oh, so wow. people call it like Detroit's version of Mardi Gras, which honestly, it sounds like fun. And I never even knew that was like going down. So. Well, I that's like go. a missed opportunity. Yeah, write that down. We're going to probably, let's try to pull some pictures from it too to see how crazy these costumes are because I want to yes. put them up on the social media. Yes. The Soshmeads. The Soshmeads. All right, so my next two are pretty short, so bear with me. Got it. The next one that I want to talk about is the Ada Witch. So the Ada Witch legend originated in the 1800s. A man suspected his wife of cheating on him and one night he decided to see for himself. So he followed her into the woods and found her in an embrace with her lover. So he, of course, killed her immediately. Well, sure. Um, right. Yeah. You, do. <laughs> you know, the the logical mm-hmm. way to do things. That is the next yeah. step. Got it. Yeah. Um, so he killed her immediately and the two men fought. They injured each other enough that they also both died. 
Cool. So So that went off without a hitch is what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So ever since then, people report seeing a ghostly white woman around the area where her body is supposedly buried, which is in Ada, Michigan, near the Finley Cemetery. And they also see her along many streets by the cemetery. So she just wanders up and down the road and some people say that she asks them for help, but she just looks like kind of misty and she's wearing a long white dress and she has long flowing hair. So I googled it and I can't really find why she's called the Ada witch versus just like the Ada ghost. Right. Like there's no reports of her being a witch before she died or what. So I'm not quite sure. She's mislabeled, I feel like at that point. Yes. So that's probably it. It's just somebody said it and now it's stuck. No real proof that she was tied to any witchcraft, just that she's a ghost. So Exactly. Got it. Okay. Apparently, the legend increased in popularity after the movie The Blair Witch came out. Mm. So maybe people just tied it together. Right. I don't, I don't know. But what I find interesting is that lady and white legends are very popular all across the world. So this one definitely is not unique. Many towns and even places in different countries have reports of seeing a ghostly figure in white right um yes and it's usually a lady who's associated with some sort of tragedy taking place so she was murdered and that's it's usually something along those lines um so yeah michigan has their own lady in white wow that's crazy yes the last one i'm gonna talk about is the paulding light and i also saw this one on a tv show do you remember the show it was called it was on sci-fi and it was called fact or faked paranormal files no but i'm putting that in the list of shit i want to look up on youtube because i love this bullshit (laughs) yes i used to love this show like this was one that i would like DVR to make sure that I would catch it. It's right. of course not on anymore. Canceling all my shows. Left and right. And they pull yeah. up 16 more insane named like there's one right now on Travel Channel called Paranormal Caught on Camera that I'm obsessed with. So like it's just those are iterations of shit we've watched on sci-fi and history right. and travel all that for years. Yes. So this show, Fact or Faked, they would feature ghostly or paranormal things caught on tape. So it was always something that was on film and they would try to find a scientific explanation for it or they would try to like recreate it to see if that was possible or if the whatever they were seeing was unexplainable. So the Paulding Light was on that show. Paulding is located in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so way up north. The Paulding Light has been seen since 1966, and numerous individuals have reported seeing the light, and it appears every night. So basically, you just park your car in this certain location, and you see, like, hovering lights in this valley. There's a lot of different, like, legends that supposedly explain the light. The most popular legend involves the death of of a railroad brake man. So the legend states that he was trying to warn, sorry, a train to stop because there was something on the tracks and he got murdered. So the light is his lantern trying to warn the train. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it is. It is. So on Factor Fake Paranormal Files, they did, I remember watching it, but it was a long time ago, but they did a lot of different things like trying to explain like, was it a reflection? Is it swamp gas? Like all of this different right. stuff. And they couldn't find anything to replicate it. So they said that the light was unexplainable, but numerous groups have done tests that say that the light are just reflections of car lights traveling north on 
on a road by the observation site. So who knows? That's crazy. It's still scary because our brains try to rationalize things. And like when you see these crazy things, you it's hard to not want to go, okay, is it streetlights? Is it coming from, are there, is there an airport nearby? Is that a satellite off of a radio station? What is that? Like, so I can understand why people are obsessed with this shit, especially if it happens all the time, like that light. That's pretty frequent. So that's gotta be something. Yeah, that's what's weird is it, it's like every night and it usually shows up around the same time. So I don't know if it like has to be a certain level of like darkness for you to see it. And like once it gets that dark, then you see it or what? Like, I don't know. But I just love like quaint, like little stories like that. Like there's just this light in a random small ass town in Michigan. Right. And like people go there from like miles away to see it. So I I just, yeah, I find it interesting. I like that. It's kind of non-threatening and (laughs) exactly 50 people were murdered here and like that you don't it's not like that so exactly (laughs) yeah I like that all right so yeah even though there are tons of different legends in Michigan those are the four that I picked but there's a lot more like look up the melon heads (laughs) yeah and you know what's really cool is we have uh more information to do another episode of more more lore and more lore (laughs) that's so stupid um yeah so I just think it's cool that there's so much uh history there even if it's you know unbelievable shit that people are like nah it doesn't happen it's cool to I think there's a there's something to be said for the storytelling part of it that people pass down the story or shared it with their friends or told it over campfires you know like we talked about the Midnight Society last week it's just even if it's bullshit it's the real life Midnight Society it's the real life one and they're telling stuff and they're using the coffee creamer in the fire like it's still very important storytelling is very important whether or not it is fact it's still a beautiful story or an interesting story most of the time. So definitely. Speaking of which, um, last week I forgot to mention, and I wanted to ask you this, and I I thought I said this and I didn't. Do you remember Zeke the Plumber from Salute Your Shorts? Like this is off topic. It's last week's topic. That's but okay. I yeah, I do. I I, ha- I have a shirt with him on it. Bitch, are you serious? <laughs> okay, so for some reason I'm I was raised an only child. I am very self centered in that. For a long time, your worldview, if you don't have siblings and you don't have a lot of people around is just what happens to you. So I really thought that I was the only one for years that remembered him. This motherfucker has a Facebook page. Like... (laughs) It's so funny because it's like the second episode of Salute Your Shorts where he talks about Zeke the plumber and Zeke shows up and he has a cursed plunger and if you touch it like he can read your mind or whatever and so like he got his nose bitten off by a parrot or whatever <laughs> and and he couldn't smell a gas leak and that's how he died or what I don't know mm-hmm. I just wanted to honorable mention from last week yeah like best supporting actor Zeke the plumber second episode of Salute Your Shorts which was a Nickelodeon show in the 90s I am obsessed and he the music if I go to YouTube now and pull up Zeke the plumber clips the music in the background still scares me like I can't watch it by myself and it's That's not hilarious. It's, a, it's a kid show but because it scared me as a kid that sound is so triggering okay I'm sitting on a couch but to my left there is a huge pile of blankets and pillows and they all just like collapsed your, on your me your face was so <laughs> I was like, oh like you like slow motion panic. Like what? Yeah, that was I nuts. did. I oh my that. god! I hate when we're talking about something creepy and that happens. So. Yeah, so that was fun. I'm glad I didn't knock over my microphone because right. that would have been unpleasant. Well, ever so often I have a pop filter here, as you do, and my arm of it will go weak and just flop into the microphone <laughs> or onto the floor, and I I'm just not great at this. So you know what? We're not professionals. We're definitely not professionals. If you can't tell, and we have no idea what we're 
we're doing. So bear with us as we fumble fuck around and drop stuff and the blankets attacked you. So that's not <laughs> They good. truly did. They truly did. And that's all you have for Michigan. That's all I have. Okay. Yeah. So as usual, when I do things, I start out doing one thing and it evolves into other things. So I did pick a couple of uh, lores, legends, or ghost stories from Indiana that have gained a bit of popularity. But again, like you said, with Michigan, there is a lot out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've am reserved some because there wasn't enough of a story about them. So I want to put a, a few of them together. But I picked three things that I found interesting because one of them was my personal experience staying the night in a haunted house. And I'm so excited. Yeah. For and stories. so I wanted to I wanted to save that for you and not even tell you that we were, I was going to do Ooh. this because I was looking up lore and I started with one honorable mention for that this week is a statue that supposedly cries tears of blood in Goshen, Indiana. It's in, I believe, Oak Ridge Cemetery in Goshen. My friend's husband is actually from Goshen, so she goes up there all the time. And the only investigation that's actually been done, paranormal people go in a lot and they investigate this statue. It's a 15-foot statue. It's a big angel statue, and it's pretty impressive. He looks like he's got rust, you know, like rust spots Mm -hmm. on his his gown and on his face. He's an old statue, you know? So the only thing people say is it just looks kind of like rust. So I think it's water. I think it's bullshit. But the thing that someone that lives near the cemetery did say was that when an investigator talked to this guy, he seemed pretty average. He was very friendly. He was willing to talk. And he said, um, he kind of, it's like he was talking and then the guy sat down on the front porch with him and he got real serious. He kind of like cleared his throat a little bit and said, I've seen things that I can't explain here. And I guess it's a large cemetery. So there's activity there. He sees again, like you just said, a woman in white and she Mm -hmm. kind of paces back and forth in front of that big statue. So a big impressive statue there's like a woman sometimes you can hear her either crying or making noise or that's what he thinks is happening so that was like an honorable mention because there's not much to the story that's all they say is it looks like it's crying blood I think it's water runoff on an old ass statue that's got rust spots everywhere but those are always really interesting stories of when Mm -hmm. things appear to be weeping oil or blood so Indiana has one of those uh the guy that's been the cemetery director for years and years said he's not seen anything it just seems to be rust but I still find it fascinating that people are drawn to that and religious statues tend to be the ones that you know the right. Virgin Mary or an angel tend to have that so that's that's just an honorable mention because it's there's nothing to it but I did pick something from here in Evansville and you had mentioned this to me because I didn't know anything about this the Green River Monster also known as the Green Clawed Beast the Ohio River Monster it's got several names um, I found an article on cryptopia.us and it was written by Rob <laughs> Murphy <laughs> dot us dot us I'm not really dot org I don't know um, so I did find an article from that and even an old newspaper clipping and I'm going to try to find that because the story kind of changed once it hit the paper but again the woman in the story's name is Mrs. Darwin Johnson it was August 21st of 1955 uh, Mrs. Darwin Johnson and her friend Mrs. Chris Lamble were swimming in the Ohio River near Evansville which is where we live uh, Mrs. Johnson was wading in the water Mrs. Lamble was floating on a raft nearby and suddenly Mrs. Johnson felt a hairy clawed hand grab her knee and pull her under the water Ew. so Mrs. yeah that's just ugh. for some reason wet hair oh like, my you don't want to feel me. that I'd rather just be dead if you get a wet hair anywhere near me I'd yeah. rather just die just end it now and so something wet and hairy clawed like sharp grabbed her leg pulled her into the water like under the water and Mrs. Lamble screamed as she witnessed her friend being pulled under and Mrs. Johnson surfaced once before being grabbed from behind and pulled again underwater so Mrs. Johnson was able to break free again and lunge toward her friend's raft and the large splash is believed to have scared whatever it was off. It could have been a fucking log. If you anybody knows about the Ohio 
Ohio River. Oh, yeah. When you were like, God. they're swimming in the Ohio River, I was like, well, Ugh. that's their first mistake. That's your first mistake. It, the fact that something possibly that's like a, a river monster of some sort, not surprising, only because that's some radioactive shit. Like, mm-hmm. no, gross. So Mrs. Johnson, you know, broke free. She's swimming over to her friend's raft. They're trying to scramble out of the water as fast as they could. They call for help, and she was treated for multiple injuries. But during the treatment, the thing that stood out was a large green stain in the shape of a hand was reported to have been on her leg and she was unable to remove that stain for several days after the attack. Someone had the presence of mind to send a sample from the claw marks in her legs like the scratches to the University of Pittsburgh and all they could confirm was that whatever it was that scratched like the the germs in that came from a cave dweller like an underwater cave dweller so they could prove that she was scratched by something that lived in water while she was in a river so that's not rocket science if right. you ask me. They did send it off but what was kind of weird about the story was the same day it happened the most terrifying report in ufo history was occurring in hopkinsville kentucky which is not far from here the incident is referred to as the sighting of the hopkinsville goblin i know of this yes and so like and i don't know if this is the same because again geography is not math and geography basically i'm not great at anything but i'm not sure if this is also that kelly kentucky if it's near hopkinsville and it was the same ufo situation where they saw aliens and they have that big festival in kelly kentucky every year so i'm gonna probably i don't know investigate that a little bit but every time I try to investigate something I go this is the shallow dive I don't give a shit this is not where you get facts and that's my excuse for being lazy so so the others thought the Green River monster incident might have been a case of Loveland frogman sightings from over in Ohio so there's a Loveland frog frogman thing in Ohio so people are speculating what it might have been what she could have seen because they didn't get a good look at it but she did feel a large clawy hairy hand gross clawy hairy clawy Clawy and like sticky and wet and gross. So weeks after the incident occurred, someone claiming to be a U.S. Air Force colonel showed up at the Johnson's doorstep. They interviewed Mrs. Johnson for hours and then warned her not to speak of the incident to anyone else and not to speak of it again. So don't bring it up to your family. Don't bring it up to anyone else. And um, that scared them. So they were like, we won't talk about it. Um, So people who dismiss the claims point out that the movie The Creature from the Black Lagoon did come out the year before this. So people were particularly on edge in water anyway so they don't know if maybe something she got stuck with like somebody's weave or something I don't know something wet and hairy like that again this river I don't know a river that's super clean but ours is listed as one of the nastiest rivers and you couldn't fucking if I had a hangnail I would be I wouldn't even get in that water because I'd be afraid I would get some kind of flesh-eating virus and die like it's disgusting people that go boating and stuff more power to you if that's your gig but anytime I see any of my friends get in the Ohio River I just fear for them catching MRSA or some nasty ass bug from that like crawling up your hoo-ha or something I'm just afraid I hate that water don't get in the water don't get in the water and so they weren't allowed to talk about it if something weird happened to me and then someone came to my house and said don't talk about it like that would be the first thing that I did I'd be like I'm alerting the press I would sing like a canary Mm -hmm. I would be like where's channel 14 I need the news people I need to I'd get on this podcast I'd have an actual air horn I'd be you can't tell me shit because I will go don't don't tell anyone like I'll keep your secrets but if you if something happened to me and you're telling me I can't tell my story go fuck yourself right I'm not doing it that's what they told her they told him not to do that but so you know you you research the stuff and I went down a rabbit hole a bit I mean 
mean, I didn't get super fact check on myself, but someone commenting on some of the articles that I read uh, was allegedly Mrs. Chris Lamble's grandchild who said he or she was never allowed near the Ohio River and that his or her family did not ever speak of the incident. The article does not mention the lady's kids being with them on the day it happened, but this comment suggests the women had their kids with them and everyone was scarred from it. And so I read some more and people are like, they didn't mention their children were with them. They didn't mean, so it is reported on the internet, which is a web of lies usually, but that they left out the important <laughs> A <part> web. <laughs> a web an, of lies. An interweb of lies. <laughs> so I think their kids were with them. I do. I think everybody was enjoying a day out in the river and they all hauled ass and never talked about it again because in the 50s, and even people that I know now shove shit under the rug and don't talk about it. And right. It doesn't solve anything, but their family was not allowed in the river. They were not allowed to speak of it again. And the last thing I have for that is that it was reported in our local newspaper that Mrs. Johnson commented that whatever attacked her might have been one of those little green men from the spaceship. So who the fuck knows? If she's reporting one thing to the press, it's hard to take someone serious and like legitimize what they're saying. If they tell you it's probably aliens and it's the creature from the Black Lagoon or it's a hairy log. I don't know what it was. Like it could have been moss. I don't know. Right. (laughs) Like some disgusting thing in the Ohio River. So who knows what that was. But it's still freaky regardless. Yeah. She was she was grabbed or caught on something and mm-hmm. so she it warranted her warranted enough for her not to talk about it ever again and not to she didn't profit off of it by writing a book she didn't go on to you know share her story much so I wonder if it scared her enough not to talk or if someone really did show up to her house and say I'd rather you not talk about this until we investigated right. so that freaked me out so that's all I have for that one it's a good one that's a good one the second one is more of a ghost story or legend has it that we've seen these things at a certain location which is the Hannah House. The Hannah House is in Indianapolis, Indiana which is about three hours from where we are. There was an article on historic Indianapolis. Uh, It was written by Lisa Lawrence and so I took a lot of my information from that. So anytime I can credit someone because they did their work and I just regurgitate it onto this podcast. (laughs) So the Hannah House was interesting to me again because it's got multiple reports throughout many many years of strange occurrences. So it's located on Madison Avenue and it is a 24 room house built in 1858 by Alexander Hanna. He was a respected member of the community who served the South Side as a postmaster, the sheriff, a circuit court clerk, and a member of the Indiana General Assembly. And he had business interests in farming and prospecting. So out of all the positions he held, his role as a conductor on the Underground Railroad is one that he was most passionate about. So Indiana has a pretty deep history of places that were stops on the Underground Railroad. Even Oakland City, where I'm from, has some history there and some of the buildings that are around our college there do have some historic background and I don't know if they've preserved those houses I assume they have they did when I was a kid so you could go and tour some of those old houses and they left them alone they didn't mow it down for the college like they did everything else so pretty interesting to see especially as a child I'm from a mostly white neighborhood a mostly white town and to try to understand what people they had to literally be underground to try to escape into freedom it was very eye-opening so uh, that was something that ran through Indianapolis as well and uh, he was born in Wayne County in, in 1821 Mr. Alexander Hanna was and he went to California in the late 1850s to try to get rich during the California gold rush so he earned enough to own part of a ranch out there and then he returned to Indiana and built Hanna House he got 240 acres so I mean why not slap a house on it? right Tw- you said it was 28 rooms it I was mean, 20, hey. 20, yeah, 24 rooms and 240 acres. So slap it on there, man. I mean, yeah. he made some gold rush money and he invested well. And back then, shit didn't cost what it does now. So we're all in poverty. But that's okay because 
<laughs> I'm not depressed. Everything's fine. So, so the first toll road in Marion County crossed his property. So he collected tolls from travelers along that section of the road as well, which was how he turned a profit. Uh, the east-west street south of his house is still called Hannah Avenue today. And he was married to Elizabeth Jackson in 1872. So they built onto this already existing home right away. They were hoping to have children. They put several extra rooms onto the home. And uh, there's no record of this because, again, we sweep things under the rug. We don't make mention of anything negative or bad. And that's just how people did then. Mm-hmm. But local lore, lore is that Elizabeth miscarried their only child. And although there is no official record, she uh, does have an unmarked gravestone between Alexander and Elizabeth. That's where a small little gravestone is. And it indicates there was an infant burial. So this incident is the root of one of the many tales of the haunting of the property, the ghostly presence of a possible stillborn in one of the bedrooms upstairs. So they believe that Elizabeth had a child, didn't make it very long if it made it at all, if it was alive at all, and uh, was quickly buried out in their plot. And there's a constant reports of like decay and rot in the smell in the upstairs. It just smells like flesh. And so having a child, I don't, it's disgusting and I don't even want to go there, but like when someone comes out of your body alive, it's not a great time. It doesn't smell awesome. They don't warn you about that. At least they didn't me. Like this is gross. Like this is biologically, this hashtag miracle like is so fucking gross. So to have, you know, death is not pretty and unfortunately the house smells like death sometimes and they think people once you smell it you know it and they just feel like it smells like a dead flesh of some sort like some they think it may be that she lost a child up there so that's one of the reports that's kind of what sparked some of this and according to legend Alexander Hanna was an abolitionist during the years before the Civil War and his property had all those wooded acres so it was the perfect place for slaves to hide away on their way toward Canada the second thing that triggered some of this ghostly activity besides the the child dying was the group of slaves was reportedly hiding in the cellar awaiting their chance to make their move when an oil lamp was knocked over and it started a fire the room was quickly enveloped and the slaves were unable to flee dying in the fire so the story claims that since the Hannahs could not give them a proper Christian burial because they couldn't risk alerting anyone that they had an underground railroad set up going on in their cellar and on their property the servants had to bury the slaves where they were in the cellar oh my god that left the issue of a horrible death you know bad energy and they had to be buried where they sat I think that really upset them too because they did care about these people right and so it was just bad news all all around current day neighbors report the discovery of partially collapsed tunnels which led up to the Hanna property so although no official record was written about the Underground Railroad because obviously you don't want to get caught it does seem to indicate association with the property. So that's basically how they've pieced this together. So Alexander and Elizabeth died in the late 1800s without any heirs. So Hannah House sat dormant for four years until a German man named Roman, I want to say it's Ehler, it's O-E-H-L-E-R, purchased it. I heard it on a YouTube video I was watching and tried to find it and lost it, but I think it's Roman Ehler. He purchased it and then ghost stories officially traced back to the 1960s, at which time the house had lain empty for more than 30 years. So it laid empty for about four years and then I think that the Ayler family had it for a while but it laid dormant. The O'Brien family owned and operated an antique business from Hannah House for a decade and it was during this time that specific stories emerged and turned into local legend because I, I would assume without it being inhabited for a long time you can only see what you see looking up at the property mm-hmm. not if no one's in there. So the O'Briens did hear uh, disembodied voices. They've been heard crying things being knocked off the shelves. The smell of rotting flesh was pretty strong as we'd mentioned. Sometimes 
sometimes that same room will smell overwhelmingly like roses the next day though so it's almost like someone died you send flowers I don't that's, know, that's creepy kind of the, yeah that's kind of my association to it they didn't say that but if you think it's one day it's like oh my god this is a horrible smell and the next day it smells strongly of flowers especially roses mm-hmm. that's that's my take on that I, I made that up so if that's a lie I don't know this is probably all a lie I don't know this is that's why it's a ghost story right. I don't know right we don't know <laughs> So um, another article claimed that spectral slaves have been seen by several people. Cold spots are frequently reported. Some folks claim to have seen Alexander Hanna himself, either outside on the property, upstairs in the house, or out on the balcony. And the apparition of an older woman hangs around a specific room in the house. A chandelier was filmed swinging by a local news station when they came to do a story. No one had been near it, and there was no wind blowing through the residence. So they did catch a chandelier moving pretty well on its own. So that was something that was caught on tape. In 1978, Hanna house was recognized as a historical landmark by the u.s department of the interior it has been restored and renovated so you can book it for a wedding reception corporate dinners because nothing spices up a celebration like the smell of decay and ghosts right me i mean it adds a little something it really does it's like uh everyone gather near the fireplace for the wedding photo and there's like two or three extra people oh my god sure didn't invite (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like entirely but that would probably be something you wouldn't find out till it got developed so (laughs) there's a little treat for you in your wedding photos so that was that's hannah house it's been local lore for many many mm-hmm. years and especially active since the 60s and 70s very cool very cool i kind of want to go see it i want to see what it looks like at least from the outside i don't know so this one my last one is whispers estate in mitchell indiana this is the one that i stayed overnight in Ooh. and that myself and about four or five other people rented the entire place out so there was not anyone else in there how this came to be was i had a friend named kim she knew a guy named ryan who I'm still friends with. I really like Ryan. Uh, His wife was pregnant at the time and couldn't go. But as a birthday gift, he was given like an overnight stay or something by the owner. I'm not sure how that worked because it's been like eight years. But Kim was Ryan's former sister-in-law. They were still friends. And Ryan had a couple buddies with them. And the owner named Van had us over. And they did a couple of flashlight tours with like the public that had scheduled it. And then everyone cleared out. Kim and Ryan and I drove up to do the flashlight tour and then stay the night. And at first I was like, fuck this. I'm not going. I'm not going. Like, I don't want to do this. But Kim was kind of intimidating to be honest so I didn't want to make her mad at me because I felt like it would make my life a lot harder at the time right so I was like sure I'll just do whatever you want me to do I was like a fucking idiot but I don't regret it because here's what happened basically. oh god so let me give you a little background on this Mitchell Mitchell Indiana I'm not even sure how far that is from here because I didn't drive it and that was a million years ago but little house in this little town was constructed in 1899 and it's uh, 3,700 square feet it belonged to a man named John Gibbons he was a doctor and his wife was Jessie the couple had adopted three kids that they think they think I mean you know records are records show at least three Rachel the 10 year old accidentally started a fire in the parlor which was located on the front of the house she was badly burned and died 48 hours after the fire in the upstairs bedroom Mm. so it was really sad Uh, shortly after she passed strange things started happening in the house Uh, people reported seeing a young girl at Whispers Estate to this day and they believe it to be Rachel she is not the only child seen on the property an infant the couple adopted died in the master bedroom area shortly after Rachel the baby was named Elizabeth and she was 10 months old and today those who enter that room report that they smell baby powder and some claim to hear the cries of a baby in that room from my personal experience the bed from interview with a vampire is in there the big four poster bed they have that from the it's like a prop from the movie wow 
So I have a picture of me and Kim laying on it. So I'll probably have to put that up because it's so crazy. And in it's almost like a closet area. There is a crib, you know, for effect because there there was a baby and she died. And that's like the lore, right? Okay. I don't know why, but I'm like legitimately creeped out right now. Like I'm it's, like, I don't know why. but I'm like, Honestly, <laughs> thinking about it again, when I was writing this, I was by myself in the house and it was broad daylight, but there is such a heaviness because I was there. And, you know, my friend Ryan, who went with us, he's done tons of tours. He stayed in Boston. He stayed in different places that have like these scary, scary, like lore to them. They've, they felt the presence of different things. And he, he and his wife were like super ghost hunters, right? They, they go out on adventures. They're the coolest, but this was my first experience with a known heaviness in a house. Mm-hmm. Like things have been reported. It's been officially reported by multiple people they actually sell tours to see this so, right so in that that's the first room you go in on the flashlight tour because it's right up the steps and they turn all the lights out the fl- I hate a flashlight tour anyway because like you said with headlights seeing things on the side of the road yeah I don't I don't want to turn my flashlight and something be there no I don't care what it is I don't know it's that's my it makes my stomach sick so here I go on a fucking flashlight <laughs> tour because I'm a genius so up I trot up these steps but in that room they said they smell baby powder and hear the cries of the baby and so the owner was was a really nice guy and I don't have anything negative to say about him but what I will say is that this was my first experience but a lot of times I feel like people are like did you hear anything did you see anything did you you know they're really quick to like hope you had an experience because mm-hmm. they're so excited you're there and I did not smell baby powder I did not whatever and I'm standing with I don't know six or ten of us maybe in this room you're at the perimeter of the room but my back was to where the crib was and you could see down the hallway it was dark but you could see I had my line of sight was down the hallway to my right and I heard the loudest fucking dog growl in my ear oh my god and I'm and the guy next to me was not close enough to have possibly done it I'm looking at him you know and I'm looking and I hear this deep guttural growl in my ear and I'm like I feel like I just made it up because I it just happened and no one else turned their head like no one else reacted and then a few minutes later someone kind of leaned and looked and leaned over to her boyfriend who were juggalos by the way they had the full <laughs> insane clown possibly I was like this is insane fuck this whole place but they turned down the hallway and she kind of said like did you hear that or whatever so I feel like she heard something but didn't speak up but I just stood there frozen like I didn't hear that you know because it was quick but it was like this really deep growl and then it was gone there was there's no animals in the house but it it sounded animalistic. It did not sound like someone went rawr in my ear. It was very weird. That is so fucking creepy. So that was my first. I'm not there. I mean, we'd not been there 20 minutes probably because we kind of started in the dining room, I think. But once we got upstairs is when I really started to feel like somebody else was there or like there was like a bunch of humidity or something like a pressure in the in the house. The story goes that Dr. John Gibbons and his wife, Jesse, are reported to have experienced tremendous grief over the losses of their children. Mrs. Gibbons suffered from a severe case of pneumonia after Elizabeth passed and died herself two weeks later. And I do feel like that may have even been part of the house fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Because if these are respiratory issues, you know, so she died in the same room that we were in with the interview with the vampire bed. And again, these facts are what I recall. So I'm hoping this is right. People who enter that room not only report smelling the baby powder and hearing the baby cry, but report respiratory distress and coughing. Again, I didn't have that, but it what there was a heaviness. Like you felt choked out, but I don't know that that was why. It just felt so oppressive. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So other occurrences in that room are door handles rattling and the closet door opening and closing without anyone near it. So what else did I write in my notes to tell you? So I did tell you about the dog growl. That was the weird thing. The doors, I don't know that they rattled or anything. Occasionally you'd hear something and turn and you weren't sure. It's just an old house. Mm -hmm. So it was whatever. But um, in Rachel's room, there were old creepy antique dolls everywhere. No. There's a big large one on the bed and it's like looking and it's got a porcelain cracked face. It's terrible. Um, The weird thing about Rachel's room is that if you talk to her and kind of play with her a little bit, there's a chance she'll play back. So Kim and I sat in there by ourselves for a little bit. Uh, We talked to Rachel and told her that, you know, we weren't there to bother her and we didn't want to touch any of her stuff. But there was a toy on the floor and she had this big ornate rug that had specific patterns on it. And so Kim and I set the toy down on a pattern spot away from the bed. And so we are talking to her. We set it down. We leave. So we came back later just after ever like the tour was over and that toy was moved and it was moved to a different spot on the rug. Very specific pattern. Mm-hmm. And it was moved to another piece of it. And I was like, I don't think we left that there. And Kim's like, for sure we didn't. And I don't know why I didn't take a picture when I left and then a picture when I came back. But, you know, I was more enjoying the experience. Right. But I just feel like there was no way anyone could have gotten upstairs without us hearing it because we are in a very quiet, very old house. And we knew how many people were in the house. There was two ways up the steps and there's no way those guys could have gotten past us. Like, there's just no way. So the toy was moved and that was very strange to me. So as time went on at the house, I guess a small boy living in the residence fell down the stairs and died. And the bathroom on the second floor is reported to have a man who lived there for years after the Gibbons had passed away or whatever. He died in his tub of either natural causes or he'd suicide. I think they said natural causes, um, and but no one found him for a while. So it was kind of a hot mess. But to be honest, that is the one room in the house I did not set foot in. I went in the basement. I saw the scorch marks on the inside of the parlor door where the fire was. I saw in the basement, the floor underneath has not been full. I mean, it's been restored, but that I was in their basement where they've like said that things could be buried because he was a doctor and there could be body parts and such and whatever. It did not scare me as bad as that bathroom. Mm -mm. There was nothing or out of the ordinary out of the bathroom, but it made me so uneasy that when I walked to the threshold, I stepped back because it felt like a door was closed, like in my face. And it just was so heavy. So I had to, you know, I got to the doorway, I had to back up and I heard EVP recordings later that they played us from the bathroom that other people had taken. And there was like a a distinct voice of a man saying like, get out or something. It was so- And you're like, okay. I'm like, bye bitch. I wasn't coming in there anyway. (laughs) If I have to pee, I'm going downstairs. So fuck that whole bathroom. Really, it's weird because you're like, oh, and they had like, they had like servant quarters because it's an old house. They had whatever that's old and freaky. The basement was very scary, but going into that little bathroom, that's just a little bathroom, had a little claw tub and toilet and just regular bathroom. It was like someone had slammed a door in my face. So I never went near that bathroom again actually through the original tour I did and then I didn't go that far into the house again the attic is where Van the owner was gonna make his bedroom when he bought the house he was like maybe gonna run it as a bed and breakfast he was gonna live in the attic he said he not only doesn't live in the house anymore but he can't sleep in the attic due to severe nightmares he and others have experienced so if you sleep in the attic you're almost guaranteed to have horrific nightmares so he thought he'd buy it thought it was cool you know he'd just sleep up there and live on like just renovate and do things and he couldn't. 
he can't even he doesn't live in the house he and it's like crazy because he bought it you right know, that was his point the one thing that did happen in the attic to me personally that I thought was odd was I had a hoodie on but my hair was medium length that wasn't super long but it was down and I felt like you know when you pick all your hair up and just like flop it away from mm-hmm. your your hoodie or if it gets caught it felt like someone picked all of my hair up and just like set it back down and so I turned thinking I thought oh well, I've caught my hair or my hoodie or something I turned there's it's a blank wall behind me there's nothing sticking out of it there's not a door jam there's nothing so that was like creepy <laughs> and then I yeah. thought well maybe you know sometimes I feel like my grandpa's around and like will touch my hair like that's my first thought for some reason even though it's probably just nothing but my hair was snagged and it like picked up set back down and I moved nothing had happened so it was very weird like I said earlier when you go in the basement you can see some of the fire remnants before my friend Kim and I slept in what used to be Dr. John's office it's a bedroom with an adjoining bathroom now I didn't sleep a single bit and yeah I I was gonna ask no I didn't sleep it was really hot it was really hot in there because it was winter and the heat was up pretty high Kim and I slept in the bed in his office and um, she had purple hair at the time and she sweat so bad because we kept our full hoodies on we kept everything because we were terrified like yeah it was just, you're vulnerable I didn't want to change my clothes I slept in my jeans everything I took my shoes off that was it and her hair like bled onto the pillow she sweat some of her purple <laughs> out of her hair um but we were like oh I hope we didn't ruin it bye like we need get the fuck out of that house so we didn't sleep um very well and then Kim and I recorded some EVPs in that room before bedtime or just did some recording to see if we picked up on anything and we just chatted normally to kind of not make you know a big deal of it an incredibly loud slamming noise happened as if someone was on the outside of the house near Dr. John's bathroom and hit the house with something huge so we run into the dining room and the guys with us did not hear a thing not one sound we played it back and it was on the recording but no one in the next room heard what happened it just sounded like a fucking car hit the side of the house oh my god the biggest slam I have ever heard without something bad that just happened like you know so Kim and I shit our pants haul ass into the Mm -hmm. other room like did you guys hear that and they all were like hear what like they were sitting at the table like discussing I don't know playing a board game or whatever they were doing it was so fucking freaky because it was like you feel like you made it up right all these little things you're like that can't be real so the backyard supposedly has body parts or graves buried there because Dr. John was a Dr. Shithead if you ask me like he was a fucking douchebag so from what I hear he was just he was not a good dude um but he didn't have to do any type of following health codes of any I mean I don't know what the rules were back then but nothing had to be done that way so you just dump your shit in the backyard and cover it up with dirt and that was that I put it's probably a pit of aborted fetuses and severed legs oh no (laughs) (laughs) I make myself laugh I'm real sorry if no one else laughed at that But in the office turned bedroom where we slept, Dr. John's papers that committed him to an insane asylum are under glass in that display. So he, if he's an angry or benevolent spirit, having his personal life kind of put out there right. on display. That doesn't probably seem like a good idea. Doesn't seem like the best. Like it's great for lore and like, ooh, look at this tour. You can go through his office and it's terrifying if you're sleeping there. Like we slept right. in a bed in there. So that, that was would, very. Yeah, that would be my problem. Like I've been to some like haunted places and you know I've been on tons and tons of ghost tours like almost every city I go to I go on a ghost tour and see these haunted places but like actually staying the night I don't know if I could do that I don't think it was a good idea and now that it's over I will probably never set foot in that house again just because I feel like I I got away with I got away unharmed and I just feel like I don't want to pit I I just think if if all this is bullshit I don't want to piss off any spirit or any energy that might still be here that is trying to move on or disappear 
hate or whatever. So it was a very like that was scary. And some of like medical tools that were used in that time, some some they linked to Dr. John Gibbons, some were just of that time. They were in a display case in this adjoining room. So it was like you walk through this bedroom kind of, but it's more like a sitting room with the display of medical tools and then Dr. John's bedroom and then a bathroom. So it was very scary. I mean, it was Dr. John's room, even though that was his office, not necessarily his bedroom, but like that's where he spent most of his time. And then the heaviness there, I just wish, I mean, I wish I had words for it. It was so crazy. I didn't sleep for shit. I don't want to return ever. I just... We lit candles at one point and sat in the attic and like shot the shit and it wasn't it wasn't near as bad even though that's one of the you know biggest hubs of activity in that house the attic that little bathroom is the one that scared me the most not the room full of dolls not the it was creepy that was creepy there's a heaviness but I'm telling you there was something in that bathroom that just made me want to run out that front door and get in the car and drive away like if I was in my own car and I had walked up to that bathroom I think that if I wasn't kind of pressured to stay by someone that I was kind of intimidated by I would have hauled ass and never returned but so that was my Mitchell Indiana whispers estate so they say that because they're like where the walls talk you know because you do hear a lot of whispering more than you hear out and out voices there's a lot of EVPs there's a lot of like a hum in that house that's just like sounds and whispers so you know again they had servants they had you know Dr. John had people coming and going so I'm not sure how many people perished there you know just being sick at the doctor or having a botched situation happen or you know back then things were different so it was fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's never super return. creepy. <laughs> yeah. So I kept some of my other Indiana lore. There's some local lore here. That's pretty cool. But a lot of them's been either covered by another podcast or I just kind of want to look into them more for right. another episode. So I think and I also think that you and I should discuss the gray lady at some point, even though there's not a lot of information on her, which mm-hmm. is a local uh, lore from here in Evansville in one of our libraries. But they do the gray lady tours. And I thought maybe towards the end of the we year should we should do just do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that would be exciting. I love that library in general, just like going there. Yes, yes. The Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana is supposedly haunted. Um, and so if we can swing it, I think we should try to take a ghost tour this year. We in should. Our town. So that'll be maybe for another time. But that's all I have this time. Well, I'm glad you told me that story because it was super creepy and now I'm creeped yes. out. But, <laughs> you know, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get it off my chest, to be honest, because it scares me. And I don't even right? think I told my husband about that. I've been married I've been with my husband for like uh six years and I don't know I may have if he'd listen to this podcast right maybe he'd hear it but I don't know that he's even through my first one because he hears me talk all the fucking time yeah Josh has only listened to the first one he hasn't listened to the second one yet I'm like but the second one is better it is better and it's good and I hope all of you listeners stick around and share this with your friends and we have actually had a really good response so you know as I do every time I want to thank everybody for sure before we get into any recommendations or whatever I do want to say you know you should follow us on shallow dive pod on Instagram and Twitter we don't have a Facebook page right now because I fucking hate Facebook and I honestly am only sharing this podcast on there because people I care about do like Facebook and I want them to see it but shallow dive pod at gmail is our email address if you have comments questions if you want us please to talk send about us something. things send us things send us things you want us to read I mean we talk about you know just about anything and everything even if you feel like oh you're not talking about that this week there's always room for it and Mm -hmm. there's always room for other ideas and we will certainly credit you for suggesting them to us so yeah do you have any recommendations this week at all well I have kind of a weird recommendation because I'm also gonna bitch about it a little bit yeah yeah Um, I'm with it you know I I like things that give me a reason to bitch but absolutely so I went and saw Jordan Peele's new movie Us first of all that was also a bad 
theater experience. Like, the theater I went to was a piece of shit, but that's besides the point. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, this movie was good. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, so hyped up because of Get Out, like, as it should have right, been. absolutely. But it, it was no Get Out. Like, it was a good movie, but the story makes literal zero sense. But it's still good. That's what gets me. It's like, you should still go see it. Right. And I wonder if I, our friend Emily, who had suggested things to us before, she, she said she'd like to see it again to, like, really process what the hell is going on because there's a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. She said she doesn't want to spoil it. But I am really dumb, and I've said it a million times, but I feel like if the story makes no sense to me, I lose interest. It doesn't mean it's not good. It doesn't mean it's not a masterpiece that I clearly don't understand. But I wonder if I will like it because I I need shit spelled out for me. And when it's crazy or if it's, like, if the story makes no sense or if it's hard to grasp, then I you lose me. I don't know. <laughs> I just like really easy stuff, I guess. For me, it's like the plot of the story has way too many holes for me to count it as like top tier horror. Right. But there are scenes in it that are so good that make me, I don't know, that that make me think like this, this is a really good masterful yeah. movie. Absolutely. Um, but I just think, I don't know, it was almost explained too much to the point of like the explanation didn't make sense with what was going on. Right, right. So you're kind of like, um, but you need to go see it. You need to support yes, Jordan Peele yes. and all that he does at all costs protect him because he is wonderful. Right. Like I will forever see a Jordan Peele movie. Like anything Absolutely. he comes out with, I will be watching. It's just this one was just a little bit less th- for me than Get right. Out. But Get Out was phenomenal. I typically do not watch horror movies. I think I've mentioned that before. And you know that, Chessie, that I my anxiety is triggered by it a little bit sometimes. And I can't unsee certain things and so I will dream about them because unfortunately since I was a little kid I've had very very bad vivid nightmares so I have to be careful what I consume because it will manifest every night and then I don't sleep well anyway so yeah that's not but not good times but Get Out was something I certainly wanted to see and did and I think it was maybe on HBO or we rented it off of something and it was phenomenal like I've never seen anything like that it was so strange there's nothing like it no no and he's doing things Jordan Peele is doing things that you know who knew someone such a such an excellent comedian like he's just a, a funny person could pull from wherever the hell he's pulling that shit from it's it's amazing but yeah I'll give us a try but with the disclaimer of like it's kind of confusing or it's just not got enough right uh, story to make sense or you know because I'm I'm dumb as hell honestly it fits I gotta have shit laid out for me I really do I mean not in a, not in a self-deprecating way but my brain and again I think it's triggered with anxiety is that I if my brain doesn't suss it out pretty quickly I shut down so critical thinking is very difficult for me because my anxiety pulls my brain into millions of pieces so I get that like the movie um interstellar don't understand it therefore I don't like it right and it and again you know what's or cool what's is, that other movie inception yep not for me yep, not not happening bitch and I think that it's cool I think we have to make a very clear distinction and a lot of people and this is why I hate Facebook too because it makes me hate people I actually do like in real life but they're like I didn't like that that's trash it's stupid I that's dumb don't like it that's not a good movie and I think what we distinguished is I don't prefer that movie I don't right. think that was good for me 
but I can appreciate art and I can appreciate um, that other people like stuff whereas in my 20s I was like fuck that that's stupid Mm -hmm. I'm done and I just shut down any conversation of Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a really great movie or song or album or whatever I I 100% used to be like that and I look back and I like hate it because I used to be such a little bitch like I was such a snob about music like if you didn't like the music I liked like you were a piece of shit like that is how I acted and I'm sorry I'm sorry too just for we're sorry we're this is the I'm sorry podcast we are very sorry if you name it we're sorry about it so yeah but I think that's a good thing to remember when we go into consuming art in general is that somebody put their time into it and I think that I'm just getting way more compassionate in my old age Mm -hmm. so excuse me we've gone soft we've gone soft guys this is a five alarm (laughs) emergency (laughs) we we have gone soft um but that's good. I want to see that. Emily had actually told us, told me about that. So I want to see us as well. I don't know that I have anything to recommend this week. I haven't been doing a whole lot of uh, reading or anything because I've been off work and I just have been doing other stuff. Like, I think my recommendation is listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you're already here, I recommend so us. I recommend us. Not recommend the way, not the movie, but like also, literally yes. us. I recommend us by Jordan Peele and us, Chessie and Megan, yeah. if you guys will join us next week. Week. I do have a really cool story for next week, so I'm looking forward to that, to sharing with you guys, because I went I, I went ahead and once my tiny little brain went, you loved this story, write it down. Like, it's something that I um, remembered from, again, one of those obscure-ass TV shows that's I caught maybe one time on TV, and now that's how I ended up with the past life kid, so hopefully that'll be good. So I hope that you guys join us next week and catch us on social media, and again, send in all the emails and all the questions, and if you want anything read on the podcast, let us know. Yeah. All right. So until next time, we'll see ya. Bye. Bye.